Hello and welcome. I'm Eric. And I'm John. And this is the Wikipedia Chronicles. where we start with a random article, explore it, then follow the links and see where it takes us. Today's starting topic is Mishihiro. John, why don't you tell us what Mishihiro is? Well, Mishihiro is a masculine Japanese given name. Notable people with the name include Michihiro Ikamizu, a Japanese voice actor. Michihiro Morita, a Japanese Go player? Go. What's, is what's Go, Go? Maybe Go is an MP3 player, and he is a an MP3 he player. He is an MP3 player? They just adopted an MP3 player into their family? It's weird, because the MP3 player would have been born in 1970, according mm. to this. So, uh, maybe they backdated it. I don't know. <laughs> maybe he was, like, a family, like, photograph, and then he was a family cassette player, mm. and then that died, and then they were like, well... Like that player lasted a really long time, so let's just skip the CD player <laughs> and go right to the MP3 player, and go. thus, go. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe. But, I mean, you think it's a sport that we've just never heard of? It could be, but it's capitalized, so I feel like... It's true. Like Most there's, sports there's aren't Michihiro Ozawa, for example. He's a Japanese footballer, and football is not capitalized in mm-hmm. this article. So there are sports here. Yeah. Sumo wrestling. So Go has to be something. Something worth capitalizing, <laughs> but something you can still play. Hmm. How do you play Go? I don't know. Personally, I usually type a domain name before it and then com after it. With some dots in there someplace. But um, other than that, I don't really have any idea what Go could be. Hmm. Just sort of a useless subdomain that Disney bought many, many years ago and has not stopped <laughs> using for me. Well, I mean, I think that's the obvious choice here because we know what a baseball player is. We know what a mixed martial artist is. We know what footballers are. We know what sumo wrestlers are. And musicians. But yeah, of this whole list, that's the only person that does something that we don't know what they do. Yeah. We're here to learn, aren't we? I think so. I mean, maybe. <laughs> it really depends on the episode. <laughs> Sometimes we're here to misinform. Yeah, yeah, it seems, <laughs> seems so. Okay, so this brings us, if we follow the link to... Michihiro Morita. He's a 44-year-old Go player, born 1970. In uh, Chiba, Japan. Yes. Which is where he currently resides. But they do not uh, let us really know what Go is Ooh. in this article. But there is a link to Go. Ah, yes. Now, there's a link to Go... And there's also a link to Go players. Huh. We should probably figure out what Go is first. Hmm. 
Well, this guy turned professional in 1984, so that would have been... He was 14 when he started professionally playing Go. So this probably isn't a sport. No. I would think not. Well, let's go to Go. Oh, no. Go. It's that thing. Ooh, it's the thing with the dots. Yep, it's the thing with the black dots and the white dots that's like chess on, I don't know, crack, basically. (laughs) It's a bunch of, or more like checkers, I suppose, on crack, because the board is so much bigger. Mm -hmm. There's so many more squares. It's probably like four times the amount of squares as a checkerboard. Yeah, I'd say, easily, yeah. But it's not a Japanese game, or I should say it's not just a Japanese game. It's also Mm. a Chinese game. Okay, so (laughs) apparently Go means something. They're like, we have probably corrupted the Japanese word that and just said, oh, it sounds like Go. Let's just call it Go. But the meaning of the Japanese word Igo... Right. Or ego. I don't know, however they pronounce it. Uh, the literal meaning is encircling game. So. Which is strange because I think. Oh, wait, well, hold on. Let me see how this game is played, actually, because. No, it says it originated in ancient China. Right. More than 2,500 years ago. Wow. It's Could an old be game. the first board game. What? The first? Like before chess? Very well could be. Because if you think about it, that's BC. Wow. I mean, I feel like chess probably came around... Medieval times, yeah. yeah. About You'd guess so from the names of the pieces. Yeah. yeah. Um, Wow. It says here that not only is it something that came before chess, but mathematically it's way more complicated. (laughs) In chess, there are a possible... 10 to the 120th power possible moves. Mm. However, there are 10 to the 761st power possible games in Go, Hmm. which is huge, huge, absolutely ridiculously (laughs) more uh, possibilities that you have Hmm. in Go. And I could understand that just from the amount of squares. Yeah. But apparently it has relatively simple rules, as it states there. Essentially, each player has their own colored stones, and they start laying them down on the board. And the objective is to have surrounded a larger area of the board with one's stones Mm. than the opponent by the end of the game. Now, as far as that goes, I was trying to, like, I've been looking at that statement here, Mm -hmm. and then there's a picture of a Go board off to the right of this article, which sort of just demonstrates a typical uh, professional-level Go board, which is Mm -hmm. 19 by 19 squares. And I was just kind of like... None of these have any sort of area covered. <laughs> like, all of these are just kind of on this board. Like, who. Yeah. How do you determine who is surrounding you if nobody has you surrounded? Yeah. On all four sides. Hmm. Oh, okay. This is interesting. There may be a reason for that. 
once you place a stone on the board, you can't move it, so it's not like checkers or chess. But if you continue to place stones on the board, if you do eventually surround another person's piece, you get to take that person's piece off of the board mm. when you surround it. <laughs> Did you read that? Did I read think that I sentence? just read the sense. Two players. <laughs> yep. Yep. You two players place stones alternately until they reach a point where neither player wishes to make another move. There's no. <laughs> just like ah, I'm done. <laughs> I I've done this long enough. Yeah. Just let's just stop. Tally up what we've done and. <laughs> See, that kind of sucks, because if there's no actual endgame here, this game can go on ad nauseum, for one. And for That's two, true. it means that whenever the other person's winning, they can just stop and refuse to make another <laughs> move and be like, eh, I'm out, I'm winning. Why Why quit? Why quit winning behind? I'll quit while I'm ahead, thanks. <laughs> and we're not, we're not being facetious here. We're not misinforming you. I no, have no, to no. clarify, it says in the same sentence, the game doesn't end unless the players want it to. Basically, it says in this article that there are no other ending conditions other than people saying, okay, we're done. <laughs> That's it. I don't want to do anything more. Do you want to do any more? No. Okay, then we're done. That's it. And then they count up however many territories or rather captured pieces have been made, mm. how many areas of the board are encircled by the various players, uh pieces and count the points based on that hmm. oh, that's lame at the end of the paragraph it says games may also be won by resignation <laughs> come on now so they've basically built their game around win conditions of like people that don't like playing board games basically. when like you're playing a board game and somebody's like ah, I give up I don't feel like playing I'm losing that's I feel, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this seems like a really stupid idea. Ultimately, what you're dealing with here is something that had to have been more culturally respected than mm. strategically respected. Because in ancient China, the article says that this is one of the four Confucian, four essential arts of a cultured Chinese scholar. So Chinese <laughs> people had to play this a lot. They had to play it to the point where they kind of could, like, you know, demonstrate their intellectual superiority, which would hmm. probably be for a pretty long time. You couldn't go play a game like this with such an impressive board and so many pieces and possibilities <laughs> and then quit after the first territory you got hmm. and then be like, well, I'm the only person who caught a territory, so boom, <laughs> I win, I'm done. Like, that would be, you know, asinine. And it probably hmm. was. It's probably exactly why it was able to succeed in being... <laughs> something of uh you know competitive something competitive in nature rather than being you know uh stupid because it, <laughs> to me it seems stupid it seems like you know you would just go in mm -hmm. surround the piece win and then sign off that'd be it mm. yeah it's weird and apparently there is an international go federation oh no I scrolled down some. I found this GIF of an animation that gives you a time lapse of the first 60 moves of a Go game. And I'm just entranced right now. 
So it's interesting to note that in Go, you don't place the pieces that you have on the actual squares. Mm. What you do is you place them on the intersections of those squares. And when you occupy all of the corners of a square, you can kind of safely say, okay, I own this area of the board. Mm. Okay, so... Yeah, to capture a square, you place it on the intersections around that square. Right. Okay. And then, if you want to, say, capture four squares at a shot, you would have to be able to hit all nine points at where the four squares would intersect. Mm. And then sur- and that would preve- essentially prevent any opponent from placing one in the middle, and then you would have that area. That's kind of how you would fence things off. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the, the first thing that you do, each player basically establishes bases where they kind of claim cor- corners of the board. And then beyond that, Players are supposed to have at least one quote-unquote liberty to remain on the board. And a liberty is an open point or an intersection, like all of the other pieces are played on, next to a stone. Uh, An enclosed uh, point is called an eye, and a group of stones with at least two separate eyes is said to be unconditionally alive. (laughs) Such groups cannot be captured even if surrounded. Basically, if you have been smart enough to surround a certain area on the board or capture a few squares early on in the game, you pretty well get to keep it. And it doesn't matter if you forsake it for the rest of the game. (laughs) If the opponent surrounds the square that you've already established... It doesn't matter. That square's still yours. Hmm. So that's kind of that. I can see adding a, a really huge element to the game right yeah. there. It says there are essentially two rules in Go. One is, like John said, the rule of liberty. Um, every stone remaining on the board must have at least one open point, direct or intersection, directly next to it up, down, left, or right, or must be part of a connected group that has at least one such open point next to it. And then rule two is that the stones on the board must never repeat a previous position of stones. Moves which would do so are forbidden, and thus only moves elsewhere on the board are permitted that turn. What does that mean, previous position of the stones? Maybe that means if, like, one of your stones gets captured and removed from the board, maybe, like, you can't place one back there or something, or that's what I take from position, unless they mean, like, formation, like, you can't do the same... (laughs) You can't do the same pattern. <laughs> it can't look the same. That would be redundant and stupid. Don't that do would it. be interesting for sure, but I don't think that's what they mean. Yeah. This game could be really artistic if you were allowed to do that. I think that they're mm-hmm. really restricting the potential for 
for artistic creation there, but I mean, whatever. It looks like they go into that rule a little more down here further. It prevents unending repetition, as shown in the example picture to the right. Okay, so it's like a diamond of black squares, and then next to the rightmost black squares are or black uh, pieces are white pieces. Just look at the picture. In the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, they uh, can't make the game into a game of larger game pieces because mm -hmm. if you were to emulate that pattern all the way down, essentially what you'd be doing is just placing one piece on the board as opposed to three. You're spending three turns to essentially create hmm. one game piece. So that would be kind of stupid because then you would just have to... It, the turns that you have taken would essentially cancel out. It wouldn't mm -hmm. work. So I get why that's a rule. Because otherwise this wouldn't be a game. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. And the, to further clarify, basically the white stone or the white player has encircled a point or eye as they call it and then the black player has encircled one of those white pieces and captured it so then the white person could place one in the empty space and capture the black piece black and it could just go back and forth and back and forth and back and the forth the, the whole game, the yeah. whole game so that's what they mean that's a that's a good stipulation i guess yeah because that would be a point at which literally anybody who quit the game would win or lose or what have you i mean it would just mm -hmm. be a matter of going on until you were done not that it isn't already i mean <laughs> it still is but at least this way it's not stupid yeah now, one thing I find interesting is that Co-Rule has its own Wikipedia article. That's a little weird, yeah. Oh, no. It just, it redirects oh, it to takes you rules down further of page. Go. Yeah. But what it does take you to is a paragraph entitled Suicide. <laughs> which, by the way, is not only illegal in real life, but also <laughs> in the board game Go player may not place a stone such that it is it or its group immediately has no liberties unless doing so immediately deprives an enemy group of its final liberty in the latter case the enemy group is captured leaving the new stone with at least one liberty this rule is responsible for the all-important difference between one eye and two eyes <laughs> it is a very important difference it is and the sad thing is, is that after reading enough about Go, this is all starting to make a lot of sense, even <laughs> without having played the game. The game really does have a lot of yin-yang yin elements to it, though. Like, uh, life and death is a really huge mm -hmm. concept in the game. Uh, like we talked about earlier, how a group that surrounds a certain area early in the game is going to be alive regardless of whether or not it's surrounded. In mm -hmm. the same way, anything that doesn't have really any liberties to do anything else is going to be considered dead. And then there are also areas which are in between referred to as <laughs> unsettled. Like people. <laughs> You're either alive, dead, or unsettled. 
<laughs> Those are the three options you've got. <laughs> well, okay, here in the history, the origin of it, um, says the early writing, earliest written reference to the game is generally recognized as the historical annal Zuo Zuhuan. Zhu Zhuan? Zhuan? Zhu Zhuan. Zhao Zhu. No, Zhu. Yeah. Zhu. Yes. Zhu Zhuan. Okay. Sure. Fourth century BC, uh, referring to a historical event of 548 BC. Now, is fourth century BC 400 BC? Fourth century. Well,. No, we're in 21st century and we're in the 2000s, so... Okay, so that would be the, 300 BC, right? Well, what would be... This is negative. It's weird going backwards. Yeah. Well, it's weird going <laughs> forwards, too. It's made yeah. any sense. Yeah. 2000s equals 21st? Okay. Yeah, okay. So it would be... The, in the 300s BC, somebody wrote down something... Referring to 548 BC. Right. So this is over 200 years after it actually happened that they wrote about this board game. So that's a pretty long time. Huge. I, I'm actually surprised that it lasted that long without getting, uh, you know, some sort of written text about it someplace. Mm-hmm. Because China had a really, you know, enduring history of written uh, records of various happenings and inventions. Mm-hmm. Like, China's legitimately kind of intimidating when you look at all of the things that they invented thousands and thousands of years before anybody else on the planet thought of. Yeah. And in China, it is known as Wakey. Wakey, wakey. <laughs> And it says here, it was introduced in Korea and Japan in the 5th and 7th centuries CE. No idea what CE is. CE is the new AD. CE is a common era. So... So basically, BC was... It used to be, you know, allegedly before Christ after death. And it used to be... BC, whatever that was, and Anno Domine. Mm-hmm. But then they were just kind of like, that's confusing. Let's just get rid of all of the Latin <laughs> and all of the uh, all of the other r- potential references to things. Mm-hmm. Let's just have before Common Era and Common Era. So uh, you have BCE now and CE. I have heard of BCE. Yeah. Yeah, that's what BCE is before Common Era. Okay. I would. It would have been cool to be in like right at the changeover. I just want to know who decided that. You know, like, like there did is they? a zero. There is, and I feel like it was just sort of before there that. There is a day that there was no. There's a day there was no time. There was a timeless day. <laughs> there was a there was a zero day. Yeah, day zero. January zeroth, <laughs> nineteen zero zero minus nineteen. There was no time that day. No, <laughs> it was zero o'clock the whole day. <laughs> Everybody was just sitting there waiting. I think the whole day they were just all coordinating the time, and they were like, "Okay, we're is everybody ready for the changeover?" 
and that was okay. And that's how we have New Year's Day. That's why we all have off of work. <laughs> it's in celebration of that tradition of just sitting around waiting for the new year to start. That's what's the, a memorial. The of. first year, yeah. When they were like, "Oh yeah, we gotta we gotta make some years happen now." Now we have to just get everybody <laughs> on the same page and agree to start it. Ten. Nine, eight, seven, and so on until you know a new year happened, and then they were the like, okay. Chinese shot off their fireworks, yeah, because they had those, mm-hmm. and the Greeks just kind of went to bed because it was <laughs> late and it was dark out and they were sleepy, and their empire was not Gone. doing so well. <laughs> it was Rome at that point, so you know, I feel like we're missing the translation of go because go obviously means something in Japan. That it does not mean here. It means encircling game. I have to wonder. That's if, a lot of meaning for go. Yeah, that's ego. So if you take away the I, then it's just game. It's what just is the game? Like go may literally be the game. Hmm. I'm gonna go. To it's the oldest one. It's the game, man. I'm gonna <laughs> Google Translate go and see what happens. Well, from Chinese or from... J- Japanese. Japanese, okay. See what that is. Um, you're doing this wrong, Google. Go does not mean go. It can't mean go. Go does not <laughs> mean go. Uh, in Japanese, it means go. What about in uh, Chinese? I mean, think about it. The article here is not called weekly. Hmm. Wakey, wakey. I think go means go. Hmm. I mean, I unless Google Translate is wrong, they mean like you type in go in English and it tells you that in Japanese the word it means go. Okay, let's try it the other way around. Either way, it's go is go. Ooh, wait, let's copy this um, Japanese symbol that's in Wikipedia. See that's what true. That does. Do we assume that the latter Japanese symbol for Igo for or Igo is the one that would be just go? Um, Damn yeah. it. <laughs> is it? It's translated to go. <laughs> you're getting the same thing? Go? Yes. It's just go? It's just go. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> The game is to go. <gasps> Would you like maybe this they, game to maybe go? Maybe they think that we mean the game go. And we don't. But we, we want, do. We want the meaning of... We the, want to uh, know what is go. Ooh, wait. Okay. Let's New see. tactic. Let's type in encircling game. <laughs> I, tried the, I tried the go symbol from uh, the Japanese... Which, went, which translated to go, and I, it said, did you mean to translate this from Chinese? So mm. I did, and it translates to Acer, the technology company. <laughs> so Acer is go? Or maybe go is Acer. Hmm. One of the two has to be the truth. I don't know. I don't. Something's fishy here. <laughs> okay, so I just read something here. Um... Apparently there is a minister of Go. What? Um, let me read the whole context here. No, 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 no. 
1603, Tokugawa Ieyasu reestablished Japanese unified national government. In the same year, he assigned the then best player in Japan, a Buddhist monk named Nikai, to the post of Godokuro, Minister of Go. And Godokuro does have its own Wikipedia article. All right, I'm intrigued. <laughs> Minister of Go, Godokuro. Highest official standing that could be attained by a Go player. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm shocked that there was ever an official standing by a guy who could play a board game well. <laughs> okay, so the literal meaning of um, Go to Koro is Go Office. The Go Office of office. Go. <laughs> it's your birthday. <laughs> it says it is a metonym. Metonym, not metonym. And let me just bounce over to metonym. Okay, metonym is figure of speech, where the thing or concept is called not by its own name, but rather by the name of something associated in meaning with that thing or concept. Cool. <clears throat> so it means go office, but it, or like that's the literal meaning, but really it is Minister of Go. Okay, well, that makes sense. So, the period in which this was actually in office is not terribly long, though. You had from when uh, Tokugawa really laid down the law in Japan around the uh, beginning of the Edo period until Mm -hmm. the uh, Meiji Restoration. So, that's a little bit before the 1900s, something like that. Let me double check when that is. Right, it was uh, until the early 1900s, the Meiji Restoration. So, not a huge amount of time when it was in office, but still interesting that it ever was to begin with. It's like appointing a chess player to an official position of government. <laughs> Wait, so one of the main things that Gudokoro did, though, was he not only oversaw rank promotions, which is basically like how Go players... Um, how Go players rank their excellence. For example, the uh, Mechahiro guy we started the, a whole show off with today, he was a level 6 Dan. <laughs> now, there are levels 1 through 9 of Dan, and then there are levels below that of 1 through 30 of Q. <laughs> then, above that, there is a whole other level, which I forget the bracket of, but... Uh, there's like level one through six of them, and they're the experts. So, in Japan, the game of Go had become so popular that there were literally four houses, as in like houses of like government people, yeah, that were so into Go that they needed to have this Gudokoro guy who was an expert on the game to be able to regulate disputes between them. Wow. And the Godokoro would also be a go tutor to the shogun. <laughs> and they keep the go world running smoothly. <laughs> it just what what would not be smoothly running about a game where people can just be like, nah, I'm done. Okay. 
I win. Okay, bye. Like, what is to what's There's, to mediate there? Uh, I'm just intrigued as to how there's like a whole world revolving around this board game to the point that like there's a time that it could not be running smoothly and the world of this board game would be in turmoil and people would be fighting each other and rioting and not only that but it's like it's one of those things where think about it like we live in a time where there have been a lot of really huge massively popular games but the mm. government never established an office of world of warcraft <laughs> they never established the, the ministry of, of minecraft <laughs> there's nothing there's nothing like this anymore like nobody cares it's a it's a bloody game people just you know get yeah, I mean, along. I guess, like sure things could get out of hand like i'm sure World of Warcraft has its share of crazy times with yeah, like, certain players and stuff, but it was tenth. It was the tenth anniversary of Leroy Jenkins this past week. Mm. If anybody out there is internet savvy enough to remember that, yeah. so showing our age, it's fine. Yeah. We're at least ten here at uh, <laughs> the Wikipedia Chronicles. Yep. Um, this position is a lifetime commitment. And not only is it a lifetime commitment, but since, by principle, the, to the uh, Shogun is supposed to be appointing the best Go player in the land, the once they are the Gudokoro, they're no longer obligated to play any games with anybody who's like of a similar rank to them, <laughs> because that might jeopardize their position as the best Go player <laughs> in the land. So they're just not allowed to do it. They uh, can excuse themselves from any games <laughs> or challenges made to them and just be like, nah, I'm already the best. Go that, away. Leave. That must be nice. Yeah. You know. You never have to prove yourself. You're just kind of like, I already did it, dude. It'd be, it'd be like the President of the United States and they're, you know, chilling in their office and then the next election comes up and they're like, eh, I'm not going to run. I already got it. It's yeah. good. We're cool here. I'm I'm still the president. That's all good. And everybody comes <laughs> in. They're like, but I want to challenge you. And then the president's just kind of like, yeah, but I was already made president the one time. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't really need to worry about that again. Like, people already <laughs> liked me enough to make me president. So, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I don't have to prove anything. I don't have to prove anything well, to you. I already kinda, proved it. Kind of kind of do. Maybe <laughs> you have to make sure you're still... You would, you would think, right? Like, <laughs> you would think that eventually people would be like, "Yeah, you're kind of an old man now. Like, you think you don't, you don't, you think you're still as good as you used to be when you haven't played a game for like 20 years?" Oh yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> I, I remember how to play this. Like, it's simple. I mean, like, look, there's black pieces, there's white, there's white pieces. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it can't be that hard. It's just a bunch of squares. I can barely see <laughs> anymore because getting old. But you know, I can totally do it. It's fine. You know, I could see this being a very strangely interesting movie. The, ho the like Four Houses of the Go. <laughs> the Houses of Go. And then have, like, the beginning, you know, show the somebody being the best Go player in the land and then being appointed to go to Koro. Then just kind of show their life progression and them being an old man and like refusing to play any games and <laughs> tutoring people and keeping everything in balance <laughs> and yeah. then at the very end they finally accept a game and they're just as good as they were before and then they die halfway through that game <laughs> <laughs> 
they spent all these years living in fear and they never get to see out the conclusion as to like whether or not they really are still as good or, as they, or if they are being set up by some uh, young hot uh, go talent well I mean there is a link to go player because we could go see that, or we could see the like four go houses and interestingly enough there is a link to um, Commissioner of Temples and Shrines, but that link goes to a non-existent article. Oh, so, okay. don't um, know why that's in there, then. Yeah. Well, maybe they took our suggestion of trying to create a link to every single word in an article. Yeah, I mean, uh, my hat's off to them if they're trying that out, but, I mean, you gotta have the articles to back them. Like, it's not mm. a link without a link. Now, what's a Majin? Or a Majin? A Meiji? No, there's a Majin. Oh. Yeah, there is. Oh. Okay, well, I, I just bounced over to the link here. It says, literally translated means brilliant man. Oh, it's related to Go. How about that? It is the name of the second most prestigious Japanese Go tournament. Oh. So they named a Go tournament Brilliant Man. <laughs> but it only started in 1976. Okay, now... Going back to this Go to Kuro... Okay, so the Majin is a tournament, right? The Majin is indeed a tournament. However, they also no. call... Like, if you win it, you're a Majin uh, yourself. Okay. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. There's the Brilliant Man tournament, and if you win it, you become the Brilliant Man. Gotcha. Okay. All right, well, let's see. Whoa, 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 hold on. It says this was started in 1976 up here at the top of the article and then if you scroll down there are historic majins all the way back to the 1600s what? what gives half of them were from the same family too oh uh, wait okay so it was going on for however long and then um the Asahi newspaper bought the rights to the majin tournament in 1975 so maybe that 1976 starting date is just like the modern era of it or something yeah the soft reboot it's weird that something that had been established for so long could simply fall by the wayside to the point where a newspaper could be like yeah sure we'll buy this we'll buy this entire cultural tradition and make it our own just seemingly on a whim. And now there are historic Majins here. Um, one was from ele the first one for eleven years. The next one for seven. Next one for eight. And a lot of them have the name Honinbo. And I'm just wondering if that's like a family name or what. But it looks like most of these people don't last very long as the Majin. Except for this last guy. 
The 10th one lasted for 26 years. Okay, well, I was curious about the fact that everybody was named Hanimbo. So, I skipped through a couple of articles and discovered that Hanimbo is one of the four major Go houses. Like we were talking about earlier. And evidently, it's definitely the best. It seems to be. So, now, these Go houses, are they... Would they be like the equivalent of, like, say, the NFL versus, like, the AFL or something? Like, like a big giant group of people competing? Or is it like a, a literal house of people that just play Go all the time? It's literally a school. I don't know why they call it a house, because it's not like a family or anything, but it's like a place where you can go and be tutored by uh, okay. previous champions, basically. So it's more along the lines of like a Harvard. Yeah, it's like a college, but just for go, just, just for a board game. <laughs> so they have a government for they have a government for this thing. They have a government position for it. They have a college. They have four major colleges, or had. uh, The the most successful one was the Honembo one, and it seems to uh, have closed around 1940. I don't know why that would be. Like, What happened in Japan in 1940 that would Hmm. shut stuff down? It's weird. So there was a 22-year period where there was no Meijin. Or, yeah... Now, is there still a Godokuro? Also, no. That was also a pre-World War II position. Mm. So, I guess, you know, maybe World War II made them rethink... Their priorities? <laughs> yeah. Like, maybe we shouldn't have a board game be a essential part of our government, law, and education system. It's all led to something horrible. It's all... We all need go to go. <laughs> If go doesn't go, we're leaving. <laughs> we have got to leave go. Or go has to go away. <laughs> go has to be left behind for us to move forward and go. Unfortunately, this isn't the end of go's legacy. Not only is there a international go federation, <laughs> but <laughs> there are honorary majins. There are books called The Master of Go. There is an there's a manga called a manga? Hirak Hikaru New Hikaru I shouldn't be this bad at this. Hold on. <laughs> Hikaru, Hikaru no Go. Hikaru Hikaru no Go. Hikaru no Go. Yeah, that one. No Go. Which translated means that Hikaru does in fact go. <laughs> so it would not mean It the, would not mean no. The American assumption of Hikaru does not go. Hi. Which means yes in <laughs> Japanese. I thought you were just greeting me. No. <laughs> That's not how this works. It's the opposite <laughs> of what you think. And then the opposite turned <laughs> on its side. Uh, okay. Which makes it neither the opposite nor what you were thinking. It's kind of like a 180 degree turn in three-dimensional space. Yes. On the wrong axis. 
you would turn 180 degrees one way, some other degrees, some other direction. Mm. Yeah, basically, yes. Basically, it gets flipped, turned upside down. So there's also a Master of Go article. Oh, that's a novel. Kind of curious about the International Go Federation. That just seems ridiculous enough to work. (laughs) The role of IGF is to promote the sport of Go throughout the world. And they refer to Go as an organization. Or no. Scratch that. They refer to Go as a sport. They they also want to promote amicable relations among members and improve World Go organization. So they want to improve the organization of Go. Keep that um, balance or keep the world of Go alive. Before you use a Go terminology. Hmm. Unsettled? Um... Keep it running smoothly. That's what it was. Yeah. So the IGF, the International Go Federation, has essentially taken over the role of Go to Go. Go to Go. Go to Koro. Go to Koro? Yeah. Yeah. That's the one. Yep. So they are collectively the Go to Koro. Takes an organization to do one man's job. So is this game essentially the um, Bizarro Magic the Gathering? I think it's more of a Bizarro chess, really. I mean... See, but I I was thinking, like, you know, they have all this prestigious stuff, and they have tournaments, and, you know, all these great players, but then, like, and, like, people are held in high esteem in Go. I mean, they are in chess, too, if you think about it. Yeah, but I'm saying, like... With Magic the Gathering, you have, like, they're not so well looked upon as a community right. of people. Well, I don't know if Go's not looked, well, looked upon well. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. it's, it's opposite, but but the same. But chess chess people are respected, sort of. I mean, yeah. like, you get made fun of for being a chess nerd if you're in chess club or something yeah, like that's that. that's true. But, I mean, chess people, chess people, they totally get respect. You have people who are, like... IBM for years tried to make a computer that could finally beat the world's <laughs> chess champion. It took forever and a half to get a chess computer that could do that. So, I mean, it is... I mean, maybe I'm just focused on the fact that it's like, oh, it's black and white pieces on a square, a bunch <laughs> of square board. So, therefore, it's like chess. It's really not. It's really quite different just mm-hmm. because of how you can't move anything and it's all about the points of the squares rather than the squares themselves. Yeah. The IGF is a founding member of, and there's a link to this, IMSA, or the International Mind Sports Association. (laughs) Yeah, I'm okay with going on over to that. Yeah, I think even though the majority of this is going to be just stuff about the world of Go, (laughs) we can expand even further here. Okay, so apparently it... Associates with bridge, chess, checkers, and go, and zenki, Chinese chess, which I didn't know there was a Chinese chess. I knew there was Chinese checkers. Well, that's interesting. 
And that's definitely different from either Chinese checkers or Go. Yeah. What is Chinese chess? Can't resist. Yeah, we might as well just go there. Because honestly, this is another organization. Yeah. They're going to be another thing that organizes tournaments for all of the things we just listed. <laughs> they were founded on a date and a time not too long ago, but pretty long ago, by a bunch of countries that you would pretty well figure would have <laughs> organized just such a thing. Well, now this game sounds interesting. Chinese chess. Zhangqi? I don't know. I have no Jinky? idea how to say Ooh, let's see if um, Google help <laughs> us. Google pronounce this word for us. To speak this word. Zyanki. Zyanki. Alright, so that's how you pronounce it. <laughs> Thanks, Google. One of the most popular board games in China. Obviously besides Go. Um, the game represents a battle between two armies. The object of, with the object of capturing the enemy's general or king. Um, the distinctive features of Xiangqi include the cannon, which must jump to capture, a rule prohibiting the generals from facing each other directly, areas on the board called the river and palace, which restrict the movement of some pieces, but enhance that of others and placement of the pieces on the intersections of the board lines rather than within the squares. So it's kind of a, yeah, it's kind of a mixture of several different things, but sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. Actually, this would be really fun. It has a lot of the similar sort of kitschy rules that chess seems to have where Mm -hmm. you can only move certain things certain ways, but it also sounds like it's a, it's a lot more strategic. And look yeah. at that board. Like there are <laughs> weird. Some of the squares are divided up into triangles, and there's like yeah. a demilitarized zone where there aren't any squares at <laughs> all. And yeah, I like the idea that like there are sections of the board that are a hindrance to some pieces, but an enhancement to other pieces. That's kind of cool. That really plays a whole new element into it. Like that's like mm-hmm. the terrain element that chess completely misses. Yeah. Because you have a bishop, a knight, and a rook, all of which can just be like, yeah, sure, whatever, I'll go across this <laughs> land. That's not the way land is. Yeah. Sometimes horses can't go through things. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the pieces is an elephant. Here they have a list of pieces here. Yeah, there's a westernized version of this, too, which I'd be mm-hmm. curious to see if any place would have it to pick up. Yeah. Um, it looks like there's the general, the advisor, the elephant, the horse, the chariot, the cannon, and the soldier. Similarly to the game of Go... This is also a game that is contingent upon moving to the intersections of the shapes on the board rather than onto the spaces of the squares or triangles or what have you themselves. You know, that actually kind of makes more sense. Because you have way more pieces on, you have way more positions on the board then. Mm -hmm. Just immediately you've made your board that much more complex. Yeah, this sounds much more interesting than normal chess, for sure. It's like chess... If chess were infused with, like, risk or some kind of battle scenario. Yeah, yeah, it's way more intricate. 
like certain a lot of pieces can block other pieces or can't like jump over other pieces it's not like chess where there's like one or two rules about that kind of thing like mm-hmm. there's a lot going on here but not in a bad way not in an undigestible yeah. way like you could totally wrap your mind around it and get into the swing of things pretty quick mm-hmm. but it would still leave a lot of uh, differentiation from chess itself yeah I want to see if Amazon has this game. Just quickly look up Chinese chess. Yep, it looks like it's pretty easy to get your hands on one of these. You can get it from as cheap as 8 bucks, or you can get some kind of crazy version that goes all the way up to $90. Cool. I know where my 8 bucks is going. <laughs> This will be fun to learn how to do. Yeah. Meanwhile, Go is an R-rated movie from 1999, (laughs) which you can get on instant video for $2.99 American. (laughs) However, the Go board game is $17.99, though there are some varying around that. (laughs) I'm sure there's a way to get a combination... Go and Chinese chess board. Well, not that this is a podcast about Amazon, but <laughs> combination. Let's follow the Amazon links and see where it takes us. Now, that would be a fun episode. Start off with a random, random thing. Amazon <laughs> link and then see what how crazy far off we can get using the similar items that would be yeah that would be an adventure for sure that would be fun okay well combination Chinese chess and go only bought up a deluxe wood chess and checkers set for me Mm. oh here we go reversible bamboo go set Mm. and uh, Chinese chess game board on one side it is Chinese chess. On the other side, it is Go. There you go. Now, uh, what I don't understand is why it only has two and a half stars. <laughs> like, how could you mess up a game board? It's, it's a bunch of squares, guys. What What's <laughs> wrong with it? You could also probably make your own. I mean, it wouldn't be too yeah, hard. It you would just <laughs> measure it out and get a ruler. Yeah. Or heck, just, just go buy some graph board. paper. <laughs> just go buy some graph paper. Yeah. You can just draw the circles on, <laughs> shade in the ones that are the black ones. Easy. Yeah. Sure. It, you can make a fancy board for cheap, I think. Just buy a big square board. Oh, that's... Draw your stuff on it. That's why. It's... They, the, the board's different than advertised on Amazon. Oh. Basically, they say it's a lot bigger and it's only like 18 inches. So it's like... Mm. I'm guessing Go players are accustomed to, since they have so many squares on their board, mm-hmm. it's like this big, uh, sort of like, yeah. cool, almost like, you could use it as a coffee table type <laughs> board, basically. But this thing is just like, eh, it's about as big as a laptop. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot, I was hoping to make a good investment there, get two games for one. <laughs> Rats. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm definitely going to check out Chinese chess at some point, because... This is really interesting. Having the yeah. option for a cannon. I mean, come on. <laughs> That's just... I mean, sure, yeah, of course, the Chinese would come up with that first. They came up with gunpowder <laughs> first. But 
I want to have that in my chess game. Yeah. I want to have some sort of projectile thing going yeah, on. That's who wants, cool. Who wants a knight or a pawn when yeah. you can have a cannon and an elephant? For real. It's an elephant. I mean, <laughs> the horse pales in comparison. And they even have the horse anyway. They're like, yeah, yeah. we have an elephant. Why not have a horse too? Have all the fun things. <laughs> yeah. And I think this is a good one to end on. We got a... An interesting title for this episode. It's going to be Mishihiro to Zienki. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobody's going to know what the heck's going on with this one. It's an interesting title, but I mean, we could alternatively title it Chinese Chess. Or, you know, uh, Board Games of Asia. <laughs> Ancient Board Games of Asia, even. I mean, we've talked about pretty much explicitly the world built around <laughs> these really old board games because... It's taken an entire podcast. <laughs> they're, they're so entrenched in their society that it is yeah, just a really is, interesting read. This is like Yakuza, but board games. Basically. like there, There's nothing I can liken it to. It's <laughs> It was a very odd experience, but I really enjoyed reading about all of this. I'm fascinated now. Yeah. It's amazing that there's whole worlds devoted to this and... Entire international organizations. I mean, it's amazing what you don't have any ideas going on. <laughs> this is the stuff they don't teach you in history class. Well, yeah, because it would be too fun. You got to <laughs> tell you about all the wars and the killing and stuff, so you have some sort of moral compass. Can't let you just like <laughs> sit around and make circles and squares out of stones, can they? <laughs> well, they could at least teach you war through Chinese chess. I mean, you cannons and have you capture other generals and stuff. That'd be kind of cool, but... Might not get the whole picture, but... <laughs> no, but you'd have a better idea of it than, you know, staring at a textbook all the time. I think mm. it'd be great. You could just, like, instead of teaching World War II, just set up Chinese chess and be like, okay, <laughs> these are representative of this, and this is representative of that. You could use it as... It would be a great teaching tool if you actually it's taught true. it. As, you know, if you taught kids how to play it first. Yeah. All right, well... From Mishihiro to Zianki. So this has, yeah. Anyway, where what? was I? <laughs> I don't. I don't let remember. Me, I don't do the outro. I don't let remember me re, how to do the let outro. Me re, retry something. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. If you enjoyed this, please visit facebook.com/twcpodcast and give us a like and follow. And then head over to iTunes and rate and review us. And you can also find new episodes on our website, TWC at pod... <laughs> I was about to say at podcast.com. <laughs> but that's not at all anywhere had, near the real... If only it's we not had it. access to that website. <laughs> <laughs> TWC.ericturibio.com Because there is no podcast.com and... The website <laughs> where you could find episodes wouldn't be an at symbol. No, yeah. it wouldn't. It wouldn't be that. That's that's nothing close to the reality. <sighs> anyway, I would like to thank Louis Armstrong for our theme song and for our outro song. Uh, we will be paying tribute to the recently deceased BB King. And play one of his delightful blues songs. And then lastly, our totally true fact 
for this episode is in ancient China in BC, war the outcome of wars was determined by the winner of Go. So thanks again for joining us. I was Eric. And I was John. And this was the Wikipedia Chronicles.
Sometimes I look in your face 